Welcome, and thank you so much for tuning in to Rock Church's message. We are so excited that you are here today. We hope that you leave today encouraged and know that you are loved by God. Good morning. I'm so blessed to be here this morning, to be able to preach the word to everybody. I also want to say thank you publicly to Pastor Gary for letting me invade his space and his pulpit. This morning, I want to look at the art of walking, specifically as it pertains to our approach towards life and our relationship with God and others. So I want to, um, I want to propose this to all of you, that our souls are inside us, our being, we need a steady walk and a regular pace. See, all of us, our biggest struggle isn't necessarily the presence of negative circumstances, but rather those circumstances creating inconsistencies with our walk. So our first passage that I want to look at this morning is found in Ephesians 5. And Paul is writing uh, to a, a newer church, a lot, of, a lot of new believers. And first of all, I want you to look to the person to the left or to the right, and I want to say, I want you to say, Let's go for a walk. Maybe even high five them. Let's go for a walk. Verse 2. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So Paul is implying this. He's saying that the inside of us, we need steady, consistent progress. Paul is telling these, these new believers, the point of your walk with God, it's walking. Not sprinting, not hiding, not escaping, not fleeing, just walking. <laughs> For those of you who know me, I'm type A personality. I sprint at everything I do. Even my talking, I get really excited. I want to talk really fast. Ask my wife. Ask my kids. Quick illustration. I have a, a puzzle here. Sophia the first. No judgment. I know that there is, there's magic in here, Miss Becky. Don't judge me, Okay. And, and you're thinking, well, I bet Mercy loves that puzzle, right? No, it's honor. I don't know why. I give him Avengers puzzles. I have, like, a PJ mask. But, no, he wants this puzzle. I'm not kidding you. So every day um, that I watch him, it's on Mondays, he goes downstairs and he pulls this puzzle out, right? He can't even put this puzzle together, but he still likes it, right? What does he do? He likes to dump it out, right? He loves to dump every piece out, right? In a matter of seconds, they all come out. So as a good father... You know, I'm training my son up, you know, right, to, you know, pick up after your mess, right? Like the graders, right? Discipline, right, guys? Yes, that's right. I'm not kidding you. It takes my son forever. I'm like waited on bated breath like, bro, when are you going to be finished putting those puzzles? I swear it's 10 minutes. So after 30 seconds, I'm like, all right, honor, I got it. Just let me, let me deal with it. I can't handle it, right? And it is. It is. It's so boring to walk. 
Who doesn't like to walk? Raise your hand. You're a sprinter. You're like me. You're type A personality. I, I just, right, you want to rush through the day, right? I want to see how fast I can get to the end of the day. So, like I said, every Monday, this is a favor that God has given me. See, I'm saying this because i got to speak it into existence. For the last four years, every Monday, I've had to watch my two kids for 10 hours. <laughs> Stay-at-home moms, you get a special reward. I'm serious. Like, wow, right? No, but I, I, I'm being honest. God has changed me. That's how I know I'm his, right? Because he works on us, right? And you know it. So ask my wife this. So she leaves at about 8 o'clock in the morning, and she, um, I send her a text at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock, like, honey, you are so amazing. Thank you for going to work. And our kids are so amazing. We are so rich in the Lord, right? This is 1030, right? By 3.30, 4.30, it's, honey, stop texting me. Don't call me. I got to get dinner for the kids. I got to get ready for men's Bible study. I got a lot of things going on. It's just, don't bother me, right? Th that, this, is our, this is our walk. And so my, my first point this morning is that our pace has to be over our performance. And I want to ask you this question. I got ahead of myself. What is your pace? Because oftentimes our life quickly becomes a race. See, our, I'm telling you this, I believe with all my heart, that our pace has to determine the race. We are all in a race. Are we not? Paul says it. We're in a race. I want our pace to determine the race. Right? I don't want negative circumstances in my life to create these inconsistencies. And before I know it, I, I don't even get to enjoy watching my kids. That's what Paul said, right? Paul said this. Look carefully on how you walk. Quick inventory check. How does my everyday behavior look like? These are things I want you to th think about and meditate on. How consistent is it? Do I have enormous and horrible lows? Do I have days when my behaviors, thoughts, and feelings are dramatically different from other days? How influenced am I by my financial status? How affected am I by people's perceptions or gossip about me? How consistent Am I on my journey with Jesus? 2 Corinthians 5.7 says this, that we walk by faith, not by... I think this is such a mystery. Upstairs with the kids, this is what we, we teach them. This is what faith is. Trusting in what you can't see because of what you can see. As I was studying this week, I heard a pastor say this, the art of faith is mystery with patience. Mystery with patience. All right, so I was telling Pastor Nick, like this is kind of what I want to talk about this week, and you know Pastor Nick, you know, he's like witty, right? He's like, he's just quick, you know, he's really, really smart. He's my best friend too. And he said, just look at this. It's a little force, Aaron, but I, I like it. 
And, and I don't know if we can pull it up. It's patience. Look at this. Patience. Patience. You want to check your pace right now in life, your walk with God right now. How patient of a person are you? Huh? How patient are you? How consistent are you? I know this because I'm a very impatient person. Impatience distances ourselves from the mercy of others. And I know we have the legalists in here that are like, that's not fair, you know. God, The mercy of God falls on all of us, and we should be merciful to everyone. Yeah, in a perfect world. Right? It does. It, it creates space from the mercy. How many of you are Netflix goers? You love Netflix, right? Krugers, you don't do Netflix? Yeah, you, do, you didn't raise your hand. Your arms are broke. Oh, my goodness. All right, so we do Netflix, right? And it's amazing. Why is Netflix so amazing besides the fact that it has, like, all kinds of movies and kids shows, which is, you know, a great distraction. You know, it's really good. Um, why? Oh, my, my daughter, we can't even watch anything on the TV. We can, and we do, but as soon as we watch something on, on, on the regular tube, she, commercial comes on, and she's like, Daddy, what are these? Daddy, Daddy, what are these? Daddy, I want to watch the show. Daddy, Daddy, I want to watch the show. I'm like, honey, honey, patience. She's not my daughter, is she? I don't think so. <laughs> I, um, I received... Christian curriculum this week, right? Yeah, we do Christian curriculum here for our kids. Even though these are not Christian shoes, and I'm not wearing anything Christian, but we do Christian curriculum here. And it, it says that we, as teachers, have eight seconds to engage the kids. And if we don't engage them in eight seconds, they become disinterested, and we lose them. Eight seconds? That's all we have. Eight seconds for a kid. I mean, how many seconds do we have with all of you? Who just had? I got to share the story. So, two weeks ago, um, Sam's grandparents picked up Sam's dad from our house. He watches our kids, sometimes on the weekends. And... They picked him up, they went out to eat in Grand Rapids, and then they were going to head back to Muskegon where they're from. We had a couple over, and they left about 10, 10.30. And so I'm getting ready for bed. It's a Saturday night. Influenza has hit our house, so my kids aren't going to church. Sam's not going to church. So I'm like, real, just stay away from me. You know, like, I want to I wanna make sure that I'm healthy for tomorrow. I'm in bed, right? And Sam comes to me, you know, like, real gentle, like a meek doe, like, <laughs> honey, um, I just got a phone call from my dad. They had a flat tire, and they put fix a flat in, but it's not working. So they're going to come back here, and they're going to they're gonna need your help because dad has, uh, he's, he's starting to get really sick. And there, were, there was five of them total. It was my grandparents, my father-in-law, his 
sister and her husband, and four out of the five had canes. So none of them are going to be able to help me, right? Change this, this spare tire. Nothing against canes. I am not against canes. So they pull up. This is like 1130, and praise God, I had some Carhartt bib overalls, right? I throw those on. I'm like, man, I'm a real mechanic. I hate automobiles. Thank you, Travis Dyke, Hanson Dyke, because I know, I know nothing about automobiles. I can't even change the oil, all right? Don't judge me. So they, so they come, and 2006 Chrysler minivan. The spare tire is encased, is an encasing in the, the front. Why are you laughing? Yeah. You, you know this. I should have. Anyways, we get it jacked up, and it's not, it's not high enough. I'm under there, and I'm trying to rip on the encasing, and it's not coming down. There's a cable. And my dad is literally, my, my father-in-law, and I'm not exaggerating, he's just laying flat on the ground. He's so sick, right? He smokes, and he, I mean, he's had cancer, and he's, he's going through radiation. So he's just really sick. And he's like, I, Aaron, I can't do anything more. So I climb under, you know, I get underneath the car, and I go over, and I try to crank it a couple more times, and all of a sudden, I, the jack goes through the car. And I know the mechanics are like, well, just put the jack on, on an axle, right? No, this kind of jack, the extension on it, it wasn't long enough, so I couldn't, I, I I couldn't jack it up. I could have been under there, right? So praise God that, you know, my head's not off. Anyways, I'm like, Dad, go call. You need to go call a, a tow truck service. You need to call your insurance, have Grandpa. Um, we got to do something. So he, they call him. They're like, we are not sending somebody out there to get the spare tire. This model is notorious for not being able to get that spare tire out. I'm thinking, come on, are you serious? It's, a tw it's almost 12 o'clock at night, and we're, we're dealing with this kind of stuff. And so they said, well, we'll, we'll, we'll put you up in a hotel, or um, we can have a, tro a tow truck bring the van back to Muskegon. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. That's great. However, tow trucks, they don't have a back seat. They only have room for two people. I'm thinking, well, where's everybody else going? We, this is a sick house. I don't know two of the people. And, and Sam's like, well, maybe we should just bring them home to Muskegon. And I'm like, and this is immediately what I said. And this is how impatient of a person I am. And this is how much I just snap. Then you're doing it. No offense to anybody that's from Muskegon. But me sending my wife into Muskegon at midnight? What kind of crazy bird am I? Like, really? <laughs> so I do it. You know, I, I, I bring them back. I want to go back to this. Our souls are inside us. We need a slow, steady, consistent walk with God. Amen? The first memory verse that I learned with Pastor Gary, this was over 12 years ago, was Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I vividly, this was on a men's retreat, I vividly remember pastor saying this. Yeah, love, joy, peace. Those are, those are sexy words, right? Like, everybody love. Like, you know, I just got to love your brother and love your neighbor as yourself. 
joy. You know the song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. That's good. Peace. Let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding go on to you, right? But then you get to the word patience, right? And I remember pastor saying this. You can't harness, bridle, patience, and guard it. You will never be able to exude any of the other fruit of the Spirit. Tell me when have you found or saw or met or have a relationship with somebody that is impatient, but they're a kind person. Or a gentle person. When? Or what about a self-controlled person? See, in our culture, even in this church, we want to measure progress. Amen? Right? We're created that way. We want to measure it, we want to quantify it, and we want to predict progress. I, want, I need to say this again. I need to get it clear. Why are we rushing to something that we already know is going to happen? We're all going to die, amen? So why are we rushing to it? That's why, that's why, that's why Paul was trying to say, it. it's a walk. It's a walk. And we need to get this. This is, this is a divine order that I need to remember every day. It's first grace, then faith. I don't think we have it. First grace, then faith, then works. Let's say it again. It's what first? Grace. Then it's faith. Then it's works. Pastor Nick was preaching on Monday at Men's Bible Study about not about doing, about, but be, knowing who you are. And see, I think a lot of us, we don't know who we are because we don't know whose we are. When we know whose we are, whoo, we get a pep in our step. We realize that God is for us and he's not against us, right? He scorned the shame. He took on the cross for our behalf. He fought for us. It was because of love that he saved us. Not because he was like, well, you know, second best. You know, I guess I got to deal with what, you know, I've been given. No, he loves us. And when we know whose we are, then we know who we are. Proverbs 69 says this. The mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. See, when we walk in the spirit, when we're pace, patience, we're steady. We're consistent. And you know, you know what happens? We're confident. And this is what I love about when we're confident, when we're sharing our faith with others, when we're coming up here every week, we are getting anointed and we have circumstances that we're going through, right? And we're praying for them. When we're confident, we know that God is for us and not against us. The church thrives. Listen here. Acts 9.31. So to the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. It multiplied. Walking. 
it multiplied. I know the Reamers, was, I don't even think they're here, they're sick. They've been coming up here. They got a lot of prayers, right? We all really do have a lot of prayers that we should be praying for and coming up and get anointed. But they had a prayer. They wanted their kids saved. They've been praying and praying and praying and praying. Walking. Were they running up here? No, they were walking. Guess what happened last week at Awana? Their oldest daughter gets saved. See, what happens is our, when our, our pace will determine our perspective. Okay? Illustration here, got a treadmill, right? No, we are not doing calisthenics, right? Some of us maybe never. I'm not going there. All right, but we, right, we're, we're going to go on pace. And I want to just give this illustration because I think I've watched this a lot of years. So I've been in ministry 12 years, and um, I see a lot of this. So people... Um, Coming to the church, they get saved or they, they, get, they get revved up. That's Pastor Nick's favorite word, revved up. And they're excited about God and the spirit of God. And they're just so excited. And, and they're like, hey, you know, what can I get involved in? I want to do anything. Just put me, put me in, coach. Let, you know, go to my men's Bible study. You're going to Sunday morning service. You're going to ladies' Bible study. Um, you're teaching. You're like, hey, I want to greet. I would like to greet. What else is there for me to do? I just, I, I'd like to do anything. Just put me in. Put me in. And before you know it, they're run. They're so excited. They can't wait. They are fired up. Every Sunday they are coming in here and they are running. They're excited. They're high-fiving everybody. And then all of a sudden, within a year, they're gone. You're like, what? Like, they were, every Sunday morning, Pastor Gary's preaching. They're like, amen. I'm not saying Vince is the person, but... I'm not saying that. That is not. I'm not prophesizing anything. I'm saying this. Our pace determines our perspective. Where are your inconsistencies? We all have them. See, we think that God needs us. Amen? Like, if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. No, God is really good at getting things done his way. Is he not? I would say this. How you treat your relationship with God is how you treat your relationship with others. Inventory check. Do I have enormous highs and horrible lows? Think about the tortoise and the hare in the race. Who ever cheers for the tortoise? But maybe Bob Niemeyer. <laughs> like, yeah, no. Everybody likes the hare, right? He's fast, right? Ooh, yeah, he's, he's got speed. He's flashy. Nobody wants a tortoise, but who wins? The tortoise. Steady walk, regular pace, forward motion, consistent walk. So I, um, I Googled this week, 
Like, how many steps do we take in a, week, in a day? 7,500 steps. So if you turn 80, you will have taken over 206, yeah, 215 million steps. You will have actually covered more than 110,000 miles in your, in, in your lifetime. And I like this. It only takes a little over 8,000 8, miles to get to Vietnam. And I, and I want to say this, and I bring this up, is because when I go to Vietnam, there's a lot of things that are happening. Pastor Gary texted us this morning, and um, there's just so many opportunities for them to talk about Jesus over there. And they're, ha they're having their own worship service, right? Miss Becky, you said that. They already had it. People are going to come to Christ, amen. We're going to believe it, and we're going to speak it, and it's going to happen. Out of all the things which I get excited about that, Pastor, this is another, Pastor says a lot of things I remember. He says, a change of place plus a change of pace equals a change in perspective. Let me say that again. A change of place plus a change of pace equals a change in perspective. I want to look at Genesis 3 a minute. Starting with verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Was God running in the garden? Two things I want to look at. First, he was walking. It implies interest, not anger. I know this. Our sin issue is a patience issue. It is. It's a patience issue. What time of day was he walking? The cool of the day. See, I love God. He's perfect. He's perfect and we're not. But we were created in the image of him. And so this is what I'm thinking God's thinking. I might be way off, but I think I am. I think I'm, I think I'm onto this. When you're in, 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 a, in a heated battle, do you make the right decisions? When you're angry, are you stable? Are you consistent? No. No. You're not patient. You're not gentle. You're not kind. You're not, you don't have self-control. God picked the cool of night, cool of the day, because he's a stable shepherd. 
Is he not, is he not our, a stable shepherd who cares about us? And then there are people in here that think, but, but they need to be judged. They need to be kicked out of the garden, right? Like, yes, consequences for sin. God is an angry God, right? Look at the, look at the flood. He's pretty angry, right? He wanted to restart humanity. And what about the temple? I love this. I love when Jesus jumped in the temple, cleared the entire temple. Thousands of people, including the temple guards, See, people are like, the temple guards, yeah, they were like modern-day Navy SEALs. I had to just say that part because I love Navy SEALs. Look at, I know, Corey Gooder's already laughing at me like, God, that's all he talks about is Navy SEALs and wanting to be on special ops. I know, I don't know why. It's just like in my blood. So Jesus gets angry, but that's not his first emotion. Pastor said this this week, not Pastor Gary. I don't know who the pastor was. It says, anger is where we live when we are running from the reality of hurt. It's hard for us to be stable, consistent, steady walk when we're angry. And God was hurt. I know God was hurt. But see, he doesn't let his perspective dictate his pace. Stay with me, right? It could be a bad thing. They just screwed up perfection. All that was perfect. Gone. Everything that he created for six days, gone. Gone. Perfection, gone. Sin had entered the world through one man. You see him stomping around? Mercy, honor, how dare you do that? Are you kidding me? How many times have he told you not to color on the table? Oh. No, what did he do? Adam, Eve, like they're playing hide and seek with God. Like, yeah, you can hide behind a tree. Come on, he created the trees. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, oh my gosh, this like... so hard to actually preach this part. God, where are you? He's drawing them out. He's not driving them out. Let me say it again. He's not drawing us out. He's, he's, he's not driving us out. He's drawing us out. Tender pace was on display in Genesis. I think about the good shepherd that when the 99 are safe, there's one out there, and he says, 99 are good, but I got to go get that one. There's one person in here that God is going after. I believe it. I know it. I know he's going after all of us. This culture oh, just breeds everything has to be fast. Everything has to be immediacy right now we're all in a hurry we're all in a hurry and so you know what happens to us this is our soul this is our inside us we don't have time to change the inside us because it takes a long time it takes a lot of work so you know what we do we keep our external our, our external efforts our external actions in check we're good at this you know how we're good at this 
We're good at coming to church. We're good at going to Bible study. We're good at maybe serving in the ministry. We might, we might pray with a, work, a co-worker at work once in a while. But if I asked your spouse, the person that's closest to you, how patient of a person is your husband? Why are you laughing, Jed? You want to come up here and you want to... It gets real, right? It gets real, real fast. Patience. Let our pace determine our perspective. I've had the privilege this week while Pastor Gary was gone to teach the interns. We have an internship. How many of you knew that? Adult internship. And so we have, I think, eight of them. Amazing people. Incredible. Um, And we are studying the life of Moses. And I was given uh, the task of leading the discussion group for chapter three of Moses. And so the time period of Moses was when he turned about 40, he, um, he wanted to lead a revolt. So he goes and checks on his own people who are enslaved to the Egyptians. And he kills one of them, right? Like, yeah, Moses, you are the man. He kills one person. And that's it. Like, what a revolt. That's a horrible revolt, Moses. Like, fail. Big time. One revolt, one person gone. What happens? His grandpa hears and wants to kill him. So he flees to Midian for 40 years. Let me go back to this. Anger is where we live when we are running from the reality of hurt. So in the book, um, there's a cross-reference to the the passage in Exodus, and it's uh, found in Acts 7, 23 through 24. This is Luke writing. When Moses was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them being wronged, he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. You think this was the first time Moses... Knew that his people were being treated unfairly? You think so? 40 years old? No. I think he knew about his destiny way before then. See, the problem, though, is when our timing is not God's timing. So the title of the chapter is God's Will, My Way. When our pace gets out of sync with God, we lose perspective. I want to say that again. When our pace gets out of sync with God, we lose perspective. He got anxious, right? He got excited. Like, God, you're, you're moving me to do something. And then this is, I love what the book says. It says he prostituted the will of God. We all do this. How many of you are really good at manipulating? How many of you compromise? How many of you are good at game playing? Nobody else is raising hands. I don't know. I guess maybe I'm the only one. See, sometimes it goes back to this treadmill. Sometimes the will of God, we get so excited about it, right? Like God is calling me to something so amazing. The call, we get so 
focused on the call, we forget to be focused on the God who called us. There's a difference. There is a difference. That's what, that's what we see with people that come in here. They're all excited. Yeah, we're going to do this. We are storming the gates of hell, and we are going to bring people into the kingdom, which we are. We need to be focused on that. But this, this race is a walk. Now, I need to just say this. Cause I, don't know, I think some of us in here, we're on this treadmill, and we're walking. We're, we're walking nowhere real fast, right? We take 7,500 steps every day. Where are you going? You have to ask yourself. Well, Pastor Aaron, I'm walking. I'm going. I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving. Yeah, where, where? 80 years later, 215 million steps. Where did you go? Where did you go? What did you do? Who were you? Today's the day to think about this. It's whose I am. If you understand whose you are, those steps can have importance to them. Whose you are. So Moses prostituted the will of God. And I'm an ambitious person. I mean, I work with probably one of the most ambitious people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, he's 66 years old, and he's just like, shoom! Like, we're like, wow, man, Jesus, oh, Peter, he's, he's already texting us, like, I got oh, these ideas for this in Vietnam, and I'm thinking about this outreach, and it's, we're going to call it this, and we're going to do it this, and I'm like, this, it's incredible. I need to make sure that my ambition is tethered to God's calling. It's got to be. It's dangerous if it's not. Because then we're energized by the flesh and not the spirit. And when we're energized by the spirit, what is it? Love, joy, peace, patience. We have patience. Our pace is steady. It's a steady walk. It's pro progress, forward motion, but it's steady. And we're kind people. We're gentle people. I'm preaching to myself. Slow to speak, slow to wrath, quick to listen. Think about, I need to say this, God, please show people that you have initiated something inside of them, that you are the initiator, that you have started something in each person that's here this morning. You're here this morning. I can't believe you braved the cold, really. I got a text from a couple people. Church is canceled, right? No? Like, do you know who we are? Like... Like, just because Pastor Gary's gone doesn't mean that Pastor Nick and I, we're not going to have church. We're going to have church. I told Sam last night as I was practicing, I'm like, we're having church even if four people show up, honey. Well, what if it's really bad? I don't care if it's really bad. We're, we're going to have church. <laughs> Philippians 1.6 says this. I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to the completion to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Who revealed himself to your heart? Not me. It was God. 
And God says this, if I started something inside of you, I'm going to finish it. That's going to bring hope to somebody today. Somebody that keeps coming up here thinking, it's not happening. It's not happening, Pastor. And I, I, I just got to give up. No, don't give up. Don't give in. He is going to finish it. That's, that's a proclamation. That's a covenant that he makes with us. He doesn't break his covenants like we break our contracts. My last point is God is the finisher, not the punisher. All right, judgment-free zone, right? Because I'm about to share something with you. Um, I love the, the Marvel series, The Punisher, on Netflix. All right, I know. There's good and there's bad. I know some people are like, don't. If, it's, it's, it's amazing. I, just, it's, I can't wait for season two. <laughs> so, I'm so excited. When does it start at? I don't even know. Anyways, kind of the basic theme is he, he exacted revenge on his, his wife and his child. They were killed. They were murdered. And so he, he revenges, right? And it's not like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you in handcuffs and I'm going to send you to the local police department. That's not what he does. Oh, no, man. He's like, oh. Okay, I'm getting angry already, right? Just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> but anyways, so he, he unravels this underground network. I mean, it's, it's so divisive and deceptive. It's in the government. And he's able to, to right a lot of these wrongs. And, and it's hard for me to think about how I see life. How I see what happens to some of you. Circumstances that you're going through. And, and you're like, yeah, my, my daughter, she's, she's in drugs. And I'm like, yeah, should have been to church, you know. Should have been to church. Really? Like, do I want punishment to fall on people? Is, is that what I look to immediately is, yep, those are the consequences. I think most of us in here, we beat ourselves up so much. We don't need more of that. God is the finisher, not the punisher. Did he not? He said, if I put something in you, I'm going to finish it. Now, you might not always like what happens, but he keeps his promises. His grace, oh man, oh gosh. His grace is greater than our greatest mistakes. I'm going to say that. I told you that, Ed, and then you posted it. You stole it from me. His grace is greater than than our greatest mistakes. Amen? Praise God for that. For therefore there is what? Now, no. None. For those, for those who are in Christ Jesus. I think about God. He's transferred me from the kingdom of fear, self-effort, luck chance to the kingdom of light. We follow a God. We follow a God that is greater than any authority, any power in this world. We have that God. Our God is reliable, is he not? Is he trustworthy? Does he know what he's doing? I'm telling you, he knows what he's doing even with you this morning. I might not know you, but if you're here, you're here for a reason. And you need to hear this this morning. 
I want you to take a look at this video. Isn't that what our loving Father does to us? When we feel like when we're walking, it's getting us nowhere. It's not getting us first place. And then we have naysayers saying, you don't have to finish. That's what Satan's saying to some of you in here today. You don't have to finish. Don't finish. You can't finish. You can't make it. It's, you're too far gone. You've gone too far. You've said things. You've done things. It's over. Don't even bother finishing. Lies. Lies. God our Father comes. He wraps us up in his loving arms. That's what he does. He's, he's not pointing fingers. He's not driving us out. No, he's saying, come. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to walk through life with you. I'm going to walk. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to sprint. I'm not going to escape. I'm not going to flee. I'm going to walk with you and let the naysayers come. But what I started inside of you, I will finish. I will finish what I have started in each one of you. Paul says this, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. My life first, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My aim is to finish the race that the Lord Jesus has given to me and testify the goodness of the message of Jesus Christ. Because it's good, isn't it? Amen. Is it good? It is so good. Let's close our eyes. 
God, I thank you right now that you are here in this place, that you met with us, that you talked with us. There are searching hearts. There are wounded hearts. That are, there are souls in this room. They don't feel like they can, they can go on. The race looks too hard. The circumstances are just too great. My inconsistencies, God, I just, I can't make it. I've done too, too much wrong. No. See, that's where God meets you. He is attracted. God, you are attracted to our brokenness. I will, I will say that to myself till the day that I die. God, you love us. Oh, you love us. It is well with our soul. God, I pray that each person in here can walk out of here and say, it is well with my soul that they met with God and they breathed fresh life. God, you, you are the giver of every good gift. I pray that if somebody in here doesn't know who you are, hasn't received the good news of Jesus Christ, I pray that they will think about it as they walk out this morning. Pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, please drive safe on your way home today. And can I just say, go Patriots. Can I just say, yeah, I want to just interject this, right? As you're walking, you can go walk away, and I forgot to say this, but somebody told me that there's a revival happening in the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And I thought that's really cool, that's amazing, but how can you fight against Tom Brady and his consistency? No, his consistency, nobody wants consistency anymore, right? They all want the hot shot. Well, Tom Brady, let's do it. One more. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening to the word that God has for you. We pray that you go out into the world now and you live differently, you act differently, and you love differently.